Welcome to Living Simply, a guide to mindful living and mindful parenting with your host, Dr. Gina. Hey everybody, welcome to Living Simply with Dr. Gina Madrigrano. Uh, my name is Ben Barber and here is the one and only Dr. Gina. Hey Dr. Gina, how are Hi, you? Hi Ben, I'm good, how are you? I'm wonderful, thanks. Um, and today we are talking about gaining clarity over stress and overwhelm. Um, this is a great topic. Why don't you, uh, introduce us to it a little bit? Yeah. So what inspired me today was an article I read from the New York times where they're seeing a trend around the world of a reduction in premature births. And obviously, they're trying to study it right now. But basically, what came down as a conclusion is maybe we're getting giving birth prematurely because we're too stressed. We're doing too much. There's a lot of pollution. And so the pandemic became a natural experiment. And we're seeing positive side effects. Yeah. So the, right, exactly. So I, I read the same article and um, it was fascinating because I don't think that people would put that together. But uh, over eight countries, um, doctors noticed the uh, the decline in premature births in the last uh, three or four months um, because everybody was at home being less stressed out, I guess, would be their assumption uh, and is the assumption of this article. That's fascinating because that's something that you would never have found out if it wasn't for this pandemic. Um, you know, uh, I don't know, I don't know what sort of clinical research could have been done to, to, have, uh, to, to, to have done that, but it's, it's a very fascinating thing that they sort of stumbled upon, um, was this question of where, are, where are all the premature births? Um, why have they declined so rapidly? Mm -hmm. Uh, which is fascinating. And like you said, it goes to a, this bit much larger point of our lives are so stressful every day and how we manage that and how we, you know, deal with our feelings of being overwhelmed is, um, is affecting our bodies in such a profound way that we're not paying attention to on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, which is, which is insane. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's going back to your comment is many people know stress is bad for you and that moms who are pregnant should take care of themselves, but it's like, there was no proof of it. And if there's no proof, let's not talk about it. Or there's always room for denial. And obviously they can't prove it's the lack of stress, but it's overwhelming because it, it's across different countries. And intuitively, we know, like, we're the most evolved the species been, yet we've never been so sick, so mentally ill, so suicidal, so medicated. And the, the, the constant is we're more and more stressed and more and more distracted. And I think people are getting more stressed because they're distracting themselves. They don't allow time for space and boredom and out of boredom comes clarity. 
because suddenly you see what's happening, what's missing. And like right now, there's a lot of shifts happening through the pandemic. People are working from home and some are realizing I'm not happy being married, but before it was easier to avoid it because you'd go to work, you'd go to bed late and it was easy to distract yourself from the reality of, of your life and same with your kids. And so people have been so addicted to distracting themselves, they're avoiding slowing down and it's in the slowing down that clarity comes and answers to why am I so tired? Why am I so stressed out? You can't find the answers if you're too busy to even look for the signs. So what yeah. I, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. It's <laughs> agreeing with you. So then with every single client that I work with, the first, first step I always start with, and a lot of them are baffled is self-care because it's when they start doing self-care, taking care of themselves, setting boundaries, they start seeing a shift. You know, people stop walking all over them. They have more time to do the things they like. And now they're saying, wow, this was missing in my life. And then they're seeing, oh, well, this pe person's holding me back or this person's not accepting me for who I am. And that could be a friend, could be at work. And when you start taking care of yourself, you start feeling better and answers start showing up and questions stop, start popping up too. Yeah, for sure. Um, why, why is it such a, everybody knows that they're supposed to take care of themselves, right? Intellectually. Uh, so why do we not do that? I think it comes down to priorities. So there's a big disconnect between intellectually what they say they prioritize and in action what they're actually doing. So uh, I see, for example, a lot of moms and they're burned out from work. They're burning the candle at both ends. And when we do their values assessment, let's say they'll say, I'm thinking of one client, family's a 10 out of 10, her marriage, 10 out of 10, work five out of 10 in priorities. Yet in her behaviors, the 10 out of 10 is work. She doesn't take breaks. Oh, and self-care was 10 out of 10. She doesn't take breaks for lunch or she eats while working. Um, when she's tired, she doesn't rest. She takes energy drinks. Um, she doesn't have a lot of time to spend with family or kids because she's too busy working and not saying no at work. So I'm like, okay, in, in your actions, your main priority is work. But in your heart, you say your priority is your kids. So I, I get people to become aware and awake that your values are disconnected from your actions. So which one, which one do you want to live by? And what, what regrets do you not want to live with? So I, I think part of the stress is the distraction and the disconnect between what matters most to them. What regrets do you not want to live with? Uh, that's a powerful question to ask yourself, right? Yeah. Like, um, and, and, uh, and how do you go about making sure that your values match your actions? Um, 
because I, th- I think that we would all like to be walking down that path of our, of our values and our actions being hand mm-hmm. in hand. Uh, but is it the fact that we're just so unconscious about our day to day lives that we, you know, what, what is it about? Because, because if it was more comfortable to live to your values, we would be doing it. And so yeah. what is the reason? So what is the reason we're not living up to the aspirations of our own desires instead of, and, and not acting on those things? What like, is it self-sabotage? What's happening there? I think the first one is we're sleepwalking. We're not awake. We're not conscious. And we take the easy way out or um, we live in fear. So um, if I, I, I see a lot of government workers and what drives them sometimes is the fear of their performance review. And I'm like, you know, on your deathbed, are you going to regret not working harder so that your performance review could be the equivalent of an A instead of a B? Although you hate your job. So why, why not let's make your, let's make your job um, tolerable. You don't love it, so you don't need to kill yourself to do super well because you hate it anyways. And your boss will never give you an A because they don't like you. <laughs> and why don't you invest your time in your family? So first, you got to be aware you're not in line with your values. But a lot of people don't do values work and ask, what does matter to me? It's, I think it's an, um, we need to make a conscious effort to sit down and really reassess what matters to me? And, and often people will do it naturally if they faced uh, trauma, like, you know, someone close to them dying or they almost died. Suddenly they realize what really matters. And um, I think her name is Bronnie Ware. Her book on the five regrets of the dying, um, all of them said, you know, none of them, I wish I had worked more. None of them said that. It was more, I wished I'd lived the live I wanted to live, not what other people wanted me to live. So I think if people also lived knowing you're not going to be here forever, you don't know when you're going to die or someone you love is going to die. So live knowing that. What, what are you going to regret? Are you going to regret you went to bed angry at your kid and screaming, knowing what if they don't wake up tomorrow or they went out with a friend and a drunk driver killed them. Is that how you want to end your day with your child or your partner? Um, so I think all of that is part of being awake and realizing this life is short. Oh, there you go. <laughs> this life is short and um, pay attention And living by your values, if you look at the work of Brene Brown, I just finished her her book, Dare to Lead. But all her books are kind of connected. Um, Is sometimes we need to choose the harder, make the harder choice than the easy choice. Because in the long run, the harder choice is is better. It has better outcomes. So... um, if you come back to what you were saying, self-care, we all know self-care is important. But especially when we're young, we're like, oh, I'll be fine. 
but we don't realize the choice we make today will impact our life in five to 10 years. Mm -hmm. And it's not about being motivated because a lot of people I work with, they're not necessarily motivated to go to the gym, but I go, you know, don't go to the gym because you're motivated to go, go. What is you being healthy going to bring in your life? Whether it's, I'm going to stay healthy longer so I can play with my kids or, um, I can play soccer with my kids because I, I know a, a dad who's very overweight and he feels sad because he can't run with his kid. He gets too out of breath. So I'm like, think of your kids smiling when you're running with him. And so when you're going to eat that bag of chips, remember it's taking you away from running with your child, for example. And someone else, if, if they're a workaholic, it's, well, every time you work till 10 p.m. and it's your husband putting your kid to sleep instead of you, well, then don't complain if your kid doesn't come to you to confide their problems and they always go to the other parent. So when you're awake, you think of the consequences of your choices and, yeah, you see what really matters to you. So we need to wake up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, both, both of the... Both of those things had no effect on me whatsoever. That you and I that. could see smile. Yeah. Uh, so, um, we have uh, we have this thing that we do where we don't um, ad- where we talk about an issue, like we talk about our values, or we talk about our uh, our what ifs or our some days, and then we don't and then we get stressed because we're not living up to those things or they seem so far away or they're not, but we're not taking action on them. Mm. Right. Um, so it's, but it, but it feels like a catch 22 is my point. Right. So on one hand, on one hand, you have these dreams that may feel overwhelming and stress inducing because there's a lot of work involved with, living up to whatever that value is. Maybe that value is building a giant business. Maybe that thing is owning a really nice house. Maybe that thing is finding somebody to marry and have kids with or being a good parent. You know, whatever whatever it is, these things are moving somewhere, you know, something big for your life. And to to get to that destination, you have to start walking down that road. And to start walking down that road is overwhelming because you're thinking about the finish line right? You're thinking about the destination of where you want to go. So, so then you have all of this stress and overwhelm about starting it. But then when you don't start it, you're, you're still the same exact distance away from your goal or your value as you always were. And then you have stress and overwhelm and guilt and shame Mm -hmm. that you're not doing it. So I feel like we're sort of kicking our own asses at both ends. If that matters, if that makes, you know what I mean? Well, you, well, I have this on my face. While you were talking, just to back up a bit, while you were talking, <laughs> you, you, um, you made a mistake that most people make. Sure. You, you confuse goal with values. They're not the same. Right. You, depends on the author you're going to look at. Some people say you, you, Ideally, you have two to five core values. Example, um, authenticity, connection, 
truth, uh, health. Those are values. Opening a big business, that's a goal. Right. And values, when you connect to your two to five core values and you live by those values, they're across all areas of your life, whether it's if you're in a couple with your friends at work. So example, if you take the value of authenticity, you won't be authentic at home and inauthentic at work. So when we do values work, we give people a list and they might come up with 25 values, but you're like, that's too much. That's like a sales page. If there's too many offers, you take no offer because it's confusing. So then you narrow down, narrow down, narrow down. Example, Brene Brown says, narrow it down to two. But if I looked at uh, psychologists who train us in ACT, they say, well, narrow it down to about five values. So if someone's other value could be love, well, the choices they make, they're always going to question, is this in line with my value of love? So if your goal is to open a company, whatever that company is, it's one of your values, let's say, is entrepreneurship and to build and be creative that way. In the end, you might open five business and they all fail. Doesn't mean you're living by your values. Each, each and every step of the way, you're in line with your values. Um, if your value is, um, yeah, closeness and intimacy, you'll have behaviors that foster closeness and intimacy with your relationships. And obviously the boundaries will, are, will be different if it's at work. So if, if you want that value to transpire at work, that means it'll impact your type of management. You'll be more vulnerable with your employees without crossing boundaries, but you know, you'll, you'll be vulnerable. So you allow them to be vulnerable. So what causes stress is when we're constantly chasing goals, like you were saying. But if you live by values, you should be a bit less stressed. So life will have stressors. But valued living should be less stressful than goals, um, chasing goals. Thank you for the clarification on that. Uh, I think I misspoke more than I misunderstood, but I, uh, yeah, that's, um, that, that, that's a really great point. Uh, the, I think that, so, so the closeness, right. What you were saying, uh, as a value, the, the spending more time with your family, making your family, the value, the thing that you put, the, the thing that you put value on. Um, do you think that the goals should be wrapped up in your values? Like when you have goals that you should make sure that they're value based. Do you think everything should be value based? Do you yes, think that that's, I, I, the, that's the that's the foundation to build everything else on? Yeah, I think the foundation is values, and the values will drive your actions, your goal, and your goals. So you'll have values. We set then based on your values, you set goals, and then how do these you connect both through actions? So how do you want to show up? And actions could be um, thoughts that you entertain to be external behaviors, so overt and covert behaviors. So 
right? So it doesn't have to be observable actions. Could be the way you talk to yourself, yes. right? So if you value love and compassion, let's say, and you do that with everyone else, but you're always berating yourself. I'm such an idiot. Can't believe I did this. Well, you're not in line with your values. So you got to go, okay, that wasn't loving and compassionate. How do I reframe those thoughts? So life is easier when you guide your actions and your goals based on your values. Otherwise, there, there'll be a disconnect because uh, values are really in your heart what matters most to you. So when you act in ways that's not in line with your values, you don't feel good. So, and that's how I work my way backward with clients. So if I'm thinking of my recent clients that are very stressed, and like, I don't know why I'm stressed. And we narrow it down to what really matters to you. Well, I want to spend more time with my kids and have time at home to reorganize because it's so cluttered. I'm like, okay, that's what would make you feel good. Um, what's happening that's keeping you from doing it? And then we say, well, they're prioritizing work so much. They bring homework. They don't know when to stop, so they don't have time to do the things that matter to them. So they realize they do have values. They just haven't brought them to consciousness. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my... My next question would be about the the what do you do when you are feeling stressed and overwhelmed, right? When you when you have it, when you're in the middle of it, um, and and uh, and I think that we should cover the big uh, M words um, in regards to this because I don't think we've covered it yet. Uh, mindfulness and meditation, um, which is you know the two things that when when you tell somebody you're stressed. They say, oh, have you tried meditating? Stuff like that. How, how do you think that fits in? And, uh, and what, what do you do if you're, you know, feeling stress and anxiety and overwhelm at the moment? Is there anything that you can do like right now when you're feeling overwhelmed? Well, um, overwhelmed depends if the overwhelm is just acute or chronic overwhelm. Um, a lot of people are chronically overwhelmed, so I'll start there, <laughs> is, well, what does your to-do list look like? And what needs to be deleted, delegated? What's urgent? What's important? So basically looking at everything that's on your plate and where you can cut out. And what's going to help you cut things out is, again, your values, what matters to you. Right. So if if you're overwhelmed because you your bills are too high and you're overspending and shopping, well, you can't cut out your mortgage bill, but you maybe you could cut out shopping online so much, you know. So which one do you want more, your house or dress number 50? Do you need 50 dresses or 60 pairs of shoes? What matters? most again shelter and having a nice house some maybe maybe not you can downsize then and have a one bedroom apartment so you can buy let's say 50 dresses and 60 pairs of shoes so it's looking when you're overwhelmed look at your to-do list 
Are you sleeping? So the basics, what does your self-care look like? The basics, how much time are you sleeping? Are you sleeping well? Um, how are you eating? And are you moving? So I don't see why I say exercise because everyone's different. For one, it's yoga. For one, it's marathons. So anything that gets keeps your body moving. So if first of all, those three are, are not in check, that's where people need to start. And part of that um, is meditation because you can meditate all you want, but if you don't, like we did in a show before, if you don't apply the skills of meditation in your day-to-day, um, it won't necessarily de-stress you. And even sometimes when we're very stressed, that meditation session might not be very relaxing. Right. It might be. It might have the opposite It might be effect. super, super busy. Yeah. And the mindfulness part, um, that's where the consciousness and awareness pops in because the more mindful and present you are, the more you can course correct. So if if you're mindful and you're noticing, oh, I'm eating my lunch in front of my computer and typing emails, well, then you can catch yourself and stop yourself and go, no, I'm putting emails aside, close the computer, and I'm going to take a half hour to eat my lunch. So the first place I'd start is basically the self-care. So how, how are you fueling this body and taking care of it? The humongous to-do list. We shouldn't have more than two or three things on our to-do list. Right. Because we work, we take care of kids, we take care of the house. Just that is a humongous to-do list. So <laughs> on top yes. of our responsibilities, we shouldn't have more than two or three unless we have one huge big to do. Um, so for the overwhelm, that's what I do. Stress usually is chronic stress. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they go hand in hand. I think overwhelm's a consequence of stress. So eliminating stressors we can control, reducing, resorting to distractions because distractions are just delaying the problem. When, because it, it doesn't allow us to get clarity on what needs to change in our life. So is our stress due to um, we're not delegating enough or asking for help? Is our stress because we're staying in a job we hate? Are we in a marriage and we're not communicating our needs and wants? Um, our kids, how we raising our kids, is it in line with how we wished parenting was? So looking at what is the source of stress is very important. Absolutely. Um, well, this has been a fantastic episode. Uh, I, I hope that you guys got as much out of it as I did. Um, and I just want to encourage everybody that if you are listening to this later on Insight Timer, you can check out these uh, episodes live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Eastern Daylight Time, whatever it is, Eastern Time. And uh, you can find all of that uh, on Dr. Gina's Facebook page and YouTube page, um, Dr. Gina Madrigrano. And, uh, yeah, so we end every episode. And if you have questions on this topic, please leave them in the comments, wherever it is that you're watching or listening to this. And uh, Dr. Gina will get back to you, um, as she loves to do. 
so we end every episode with um, a moment of gratitude. Uh, and uh, yeah, so why, why do we do that, Dr. Gina? Because there's so much we can be grateful for. So I think it's a good first step to reducing stress is to notice how lucky and abundant we are. So if we need to start looking to what is there in our life that's good, it brings us a little bit more joy and happiness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> uh, all right. So I should probably go first at your show, right? Go ahead. Um, what 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 do you prefer better? Do you like when I go first and then you get to end, or do you like when you go first and then you make me do it? No preference. Okay. Random. Um, random. All right. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Cool. <laughs> so, uh, I have a bunch of stuff that I'm grateful for uh, this week. Um, we moved into a new house, uh, which is great. Um, I loved the old house. There was nothing wrong with it. Uh, it was a wonderful experience, but the new one has a better flow and setup and everything was great. That was stressful, but we all got through it. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. Uh, I think more importantly than that, almost though, I'm really grateful for, um, I got, uh, clarity recently on um, something that I wanted to, to be able to, to go out and do, and I wasn't able to. And, uh, and um, it was kind of life-changing in, in a way of uh, value, of, of making me reassess my values and start to go down some paths to get some new goals accomplished um, so that I could go accomplish these things and, uh, and, and live the life that I want. So it was kind of transformative, um, small moment, but it was, you know, big impact. And uh, so I'm, I'm just grateful for a lot of stuff this week. Awesome. You, Gina? Um, I'm, I'll, I'll pick two. Please do. Right outside my window, there's a huge bush with raspberries. So every morning we get to eat fresh raspberries, uh, which I really enjoy. And um, I'm debating between two two other things. Do so, both. So do okay, both. So I'll both. finish. Uh, I'll finish with the most important one. Because it means a lot. So the next one was I was confronted with my values last week because I'm working really hard on a project, um, which takes me away from my daughter. And that was stressing me out. And one morning I was waking up stressed. I have to do this, but I want to be with her. And what I did was what I just said today. If I were dying, what would I regret, working more or taking the day off to be with her? And I said, my project can wait, even if it's delayed by a week because I'm not working today. And we spend the day at the beach. And I w we had an amazing day. So I was pretty glad I did it. 
um, it was a hard choice because there's a lot involved in this project, but in the end, it was the better choice. So the easiest choice would have been, I need to work. Uh, and finally, the last one today is I'm grateful. A very close friend of mine died two weeks ago. She was 28 years in my life. She, I met her in university. She was my favorite professor. She became my thesis supervisor. And until I graduated, we couldn't be friends. But once I graduated, we became friends. And she was like an aunt to my daughter. And I see her everywhere in my house because she was a very thoughtful woman, traveled, traveled the world, always got us a little gift. So I see her everywhere and I'm grateful for the legacy, the values she passed on to us. She was a teacher and a friend. So uh, I'm grateful she was in my life. And I want to dedicate this show to her. That is beautiful, yeah. uh, Gina. And first, I'm sorry for your loss. Um, uh, it's it sounds like a wonderful relationship um, that uh, is definitely that, that's beautiful. So, um, and I enjoy the attitude of attitude of gratitude. Sounds so horrible to say right now, but I enjoy <laughs> the grateful attitude uh, of, of of that um, because that in and of itself is powerful, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so. I, ironically, uh, this is very strange because this happened two nights ago. Um, my mentor and friend uh, who passed away a year ago, who was a teacher, yeah. um, very similarly. Uh, I have a very weird distinction of being, able to, of, of being able to look at some of his stuff the other night and um, found there's only one picture that I ever knew of that existed of the two of us. And I found another one um, in his, his son was looking through his old phone uh, to, to wipe it. And uh, he found an, a picture from six years ago of, of us. And uh, I didn't know that it existed and it made me cry. And I'm so happy to have it. Yeah. Um, so you just reminded me of, of being grateful for that. Uh you know, go call if you're listening to this and there's someone in your life that's meant a lot for a really long time, like uh like Gina's friend, um, go call them. Yeah. And check in and see how they're doing. And uh yeah, you know your values and the things you're gonna regret someday. It like was the premise of a lot of this episode. Yeah. Thank you so much, Gina. I'm just gonna put up uh, if you guys need her, drgina.ca, drmedrigrano.com. Um, you can get the Peace in a Pandemic course, which is available now, and and the, all sorts of stuff. Contact Gina. Uh, she'd love to work with you, I'm sure. Um, I wish I could give you a hug. I mean, we're in different, Thank we're you. In different, <laughs> we're in different countries, and if, even if we weren't, we'd be social distancing. But, yes. Uh, thank you very much, Gina, and I'll see you next week. Thank you, Ben. information or to book an appointment with Dr. Gina, 
go to drmandragrano.com or click the link in the description of this episode.